0: Welcome to the Self-Care with Marissa Raider Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and I am a certified life coach and self-care expert. I'm making it my mission to help busy women build a self-care-centered lifestyle because self-care is so much more than just pampering yourself. Society leads us to believe that basic rights like taking a warm bath or having our hair done is self-care. But I'm here to change that narrative. I'm going to teach you how I went from overwhelmed, stressed to the max, and burned out on life to thriving and loving the life I'm building. And it all started with making a commitment to myself. So what do you say? Are you ready to commit to your own personal development journey? Let me lead you to the path of happiness and contentment. That's right, the one that leads you to a life you truly love. Let's get started. Hey friends. Welcome to this week's episode. We have been on kind of a podcast hiatus around here. Um, Jordan and I have been busy merging our businesses, and I'm just going to be honest with you. It has been way more work and way more details than I ever thought that it would possibly be. So we are back, though, and I'm so excited to start this new series We have an amazing guest today. Her name is Kate, and I will let her introduce herself in just a minute. But I have to tell you guys that she is one of my favorite people. Um, We have never met in real life. We are Instagram friends first, and then just built a friendship through online platforms ever since. But she has A story to tell today. And I cannot wait for you guys to to hear it. So Kate, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey, well, I'm so excited to be here. I love Marissa as much as she loves me. We are just developing an amazing friendship. And I know that even though we haven't met in real life, we're going to at some point, we're going to get there. I promise. So um, I'm Kate. I was an elementary Um, mostly primary teacher for 18 years and just um, retired recently. So right now I'm working on um, selling resources on teachers pay teachers and having a lot of fun doing that.
0: That is awesome. So you taught for 18 years, you obviously loved it. What made you choose to leave the classroom?
1: Well, um actually I decided to leave the classroom because my husband got a promotion and he was traveling a lot and I just really felt like I was burning the candle at both ends. I love teaching and, you know, pour my whole heart and soul into it and I but I also love being a mom and you know really invest in my kids and my family and so I just felt like, you know, I would teach all day and then I would get home and he was out of town. So then I had to run my kids all night and then still had, you know, grading and lesson planning and all that. So I was just getting pretty fried and I could just feel my mind, my body and my spirit just wearing out. And so I just told my husband, I was like, I think it's time, you know, that I do something else that's a little more flexible. So.
0: Yes, I can totally relate to that. I did not teach for 18 years, but I did teach for eight and that was exactly how I felt. And it was just one of those things that it just kind of weighs on you. And it's the, when the moment presents itself, it's really, it would have been really easy to just ignore it and keep going because that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Right? But you knew and you recognize that your happiness and not just your happiness, but the people around you and your families depended on you making that change. Now, Definitely. you got thrown a curveball though after you made that change. Do you want to share a little bit about that with us?
1: Yeah. So, I um decided to quit teaching, turn in my resignation um just a couple weeks before the pandemic hit the United States. So, that was obviously a huge like you know, unexpected turn of events for everyone. Um, but then not only did I, um, go through, you know, lockdown and the pandemic and everything, but then in August I ended up finding a lump in my breast and then was told in September that I had an aggressive form of breast cancer.
0: And that would have been another really easy moment to just become super frustrated to shut down and behind closed doors i'm sure you had you had those difficult moments and things like that but what is so empowering about you is that as your friend and following you on social media and just knowing you personally i never saw that from you you always had a bright side to everything so even though you were going through a global pandemic, which we all suffered through together, but you were doing this alone because you were having to go to all your appointments and do everything by yourself and dealing with something so scary.
1: Yeah, that was probably the hardest part about it is that because of COVID and everything that I did have to go to all my appointments pretty much alone. My husband was allowed to go to like my diagnosis appointment and, and, you know, kind of the planning appointment. But other than that, I pretty much had to do it all alone. So I just decided, you know, right from the start, I, you know, I have three kids and a husband and I'm not really done with them. And I don't think they're done with me yet either. So, um, I was like, you know, I, I will survive this. I actually had and this is something I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but, um, I didn't grow up going to church. Um, my mom was Catholic and my dad, um, didn't go to church growing up. So we did not go, um, to church as a kid, but I still like consider myself a spiritual person. And, um, but something really neat happened to me. So I, I found the lump and I was waiting on the test results. And I had had like a very benign cyst way back in January. So they had called me pretty quickly and let me know that it was nothing to worry about. And I didn't even have to come in. So when I wasn't getting the call and I was going in for the appointment, I knew, you know, I just knew, and my God, it was going to be cancer and it wasn't going to be good news. And I just kind of kept that to myself. I didn't worry my husband with that or, you know, point that out. But so the night before I found out I went to sleep and, you know, normally like I'm a, I have a lot of bad dreams. Like when I was teaching, I'd be like having the bad, you know, back to school nightmares. And, you know, I'd have a dream that I just forgot my class was there and they went crazy, you know? So like, I'm a person that has pretty vivid dreams, but I went to sleep and I had this dream and. I really truly believe that an angel visited me in my dream and like she was the nurse, you know, I arrived at, in my dream at at the cancer center and she like had this glow around her and she hugged me and she was like you have cancer but you're going to be okay. And I woke up that next morning with just like such a sense of peace and I was like I'm just going to carry this feeling forward, you know, like I I do believe that I'm going to live through this and I'm just going to stay as positive as I can. And so, yeah, that's what I did. I mean, my husband and I just kind of, you know, I think in the days before we found out we kind of let our mind go there with some of the what ifs, but you know, once we knew for sure, we're like, okay, like we can't even, we can't even do that. We're not going to go there. We're just going to stay positive and just know that I'm going to beat it. And we're going to just going to follow the steps and do whatever it takes. So Oh my gosh, I seriously had goosebumps from that story. Like just It like, was you know, the it was most a- one of the most amazing things that's ever happened to me and I just like just like the sense of like clarity and peace that I had was like the most amazing feeling that when I went to the appointment and you know there was like a nurse and a doctor that didn't end up being the ones that were on my team but you know they were the ones to give me the news at my local hospital and and they were kind of staring at me like wait I think, waiting for me to have a breakdown or something, you know. And I was like, I know. And I'm like, okay. And you know, everything they were saying, and I was just like very calm. And they're like, like you, you understand you have cancer, right? And I'm like, I do. I, I, I got that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I just tried to like harness that feeling for as long as I could. And there were definitely, you know, definitely moments of just, you know, it was a lot more pain and exhaustion and, and just physically harder than I could have even comprehended in that moment. Um, So, you know, there were dark times, but I, you know, I have an amazing partner, you know, my husband is absolutely incredible. And, you know, my kids really stepped up. And, and so, you know, that gave me strength, too.
0: Yes, I love that. Now, I, don't like to seem like insensitive towards the pandemic, but I I had a really rough year teaching the year that I decided to leave. And I have said that the that the pandemic probably saved me by having to go home and teach for my kitchen and do it online like that probably saved my sanity. But you said earlier that your husband was doing so much traveling and you were having to do it all yourself. And Then you had to do this somewhat alone, but your husband was home because of the pandemic. He couldn't travel anymore. Do you ever, was that one of the things that you counted as just like a complete blessing that came out of something so terrible?
1: Oh, for sure. Because I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what we would have done if he had still been on that traveling schedule. So yeah, the pandemic was both a blessing and a curse, like in relation to my cancer journey, because it was a blessing to have, you know, my husband was home, my children were home, you know, so we just kind of were able to like, hunker down and get through my cancer. And, and I wasn't missing out on a lot of things that probably people that have cancer during a normal period of time, you know, you know, friends getting together and what, you know, all the things that were put on pause, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, I really didn't miss out on as many things, but then again, it was harder because I couldn't have, you know, a friend come to treatment with me and hold my hand and talk to me and, you know, make me feel comfortable. And, um, you know, and then there was also, you know, a fear of being immunocompromised, you know, when I was doing chemotherapy and stuff. So I did not, and this is so not me at all, but I did not leave my house from the first week of October, I think until The second week of April, other than doctor's appointments. Like, I didn't go anywhere. And that, like, as a busy, like, you know, like I said, just months before, I was teaching, I was running my kids all night, I was never at home, you know, to just being on that total lockdown, even when, you know, the lockdown was over and, you know, people were able to move about again. I got that summer, but then by the end of summer, you know, I had to kind of basically go back into quarantine myself. So that was hard.
0: Oh, I honestly cannot imagine. Um, we live in Iowa. And so, most days it was like the pandemic didn't exist <laughs> here. Wow. You know, people yeah. were still kind of going about their own business and doing their own things and just whatever you were individually comfortable with was, was kind of the the protocol around here. We, we never shut down. We never locked down or anything like that. And so I just think that I, I mean, I was a lot more isolated than normal, but it, I at least left my house. You know what I mean? And so I just right. think like how detrimental that could be to your mental health and then to a you're fighting cancer b you are like the amount of stress and worry and anxiety that you must have felt is unreal and the fact that you have come out of this like smiling and a better version of yourself you know like that is incredible and so what what do you, what can you attribute that to? You know, like, what do you think it was that really got you through that? Were there things that you did each day? Were there routines? Like what kind of self-care were you doing? Because I, I have to say like, you had to have been doing something to keep your sanity.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was absolutely, you know, one of the greatest blessings of getting cancer, I think was how many people like from, Every segment of my life just like came out of the woodwork for me and sent meal cards. And um, you know, that was the other thing, you know, like people are like, we want to see you, but I couldn't see anyone, you know, because yeah. of the threat of COVID. I couldn't be around anyone. So like people sent meal cards, but then a lot of people sent like really cool things like um I got um, oh, I'm trying to think like adult coloring books and um journals and um, like meditation cards and prayer cards. And so I just tried to like which was great because there was very little I could do like li- during chemo and like post surgery. I was so weak that, you know, and you can only watch so many hours of television. And one of my favorite self-care things is to read, but the medications were making my eyes twitch. So I couldn't even like, it was really hard to read a book even. So like having some of those things to do really helped like elevate my spirit and stuff like that. And, um, you know, when I could, I would just, you know, take a long bath and soak and just try to like, I kept a gratitude journal, you know, during that time, which, you know, it's like, <laughs> what, what can you be grateful for, you know, when you have all that going on, but honestly, you know, just grateful for all the kindnesses of my friends and, you know, that my teenage son who, you know, is like a crazy, loud, silly boy always has been, but like, has a very sensitive heart and how he would just come and check on me constantly. And, um, cause my oldest daughter was off to college and, you know, like just, you know, just looking for, okay, I might not have, you know, my normal life right now, but I, I am loved and, you know, just trying to feel the power of, you know, that love from everyone and just, you know, soaking that all in. Oh,
0: I love that! And you tagged me in a post the other day. That your kids were being loud and needing your attention, and you were like, "No, Marissa says that it's okay for me to have self care time." And you were reading your book. Yes, and I we were on vacation,
1: and we're like waiting. I think we like, oh yeah. So we get to the hotel, and we'd ordered takeout, and it was going to be a little bit. And I'm like you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And the minute I swear as a mom, the minute you try to do something, even when they're teenagers, you know, you think of it when they're little and they're tugging on you, but even when you're teenagers. So I pick up this book. Um, it's untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I was like, absolutely obsessed. And I'm so excited to read this book. And I'm like trying to dive in. And my son is like, ma ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to read my book. And he's like, how about you pay attention to your kids? This is our family vacation. And I'm like, no one was paying me any attention until I picked up this book at all. And I was like, self-care is not selfish. And they're like, what, did you read that on a t-shirt or something? (laughs) (laughs) And I was so mad. And I'm like, listen here. I'm like, so it was too funny though. But yeah, so-
0: Oh my gosh. And you have been doing some traveling with your family and stuff. Was it tonight that you posted or yet last night that you posted that you went to the beach for the sunset? Like,
1: yes, we're so lucky. We live about, um, just 40 minutes from Lake Michigan. And so, yeah, we, you know, our weekend was kind of winding down and, um, and I'm like, I don't really want to sit on the couch and watch TV. You know, like, what can we do that would be more fun? And so my husband and I were like, you know what, let's just go on a little mini date. And we just like threw some beach chairs in the car and some towels. And it was national ice cream day yesterday. So we got little pints of ice cream. Oh, that's another self-care thing that has helped me a lot is I went like totally plant-based in my diet. So um, so that's been amazing. I lost thirty pounds, and I have like so much more just energy and you know just feel great from that. So we got these little pints of vegan ice cream and went and uh sat on the beach and watched the sun go down together and stuff so that was a lot of fun, so I feel like just trying to you know whenever you can you know get those tiny moments you know it means a lot so
0: Yes. Do you have a new like lease on life now that you are kind of on the other side? You said you just you have one operation left that's, you know, gonna be the end of it. And now you just get to live life. What what kind yes. of outlook do you have now that you've survived something that is so raw and so real?
1: Well, I was just it's interesting because I was just reading this other book and I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um ugh. I'll have to think while I talk, but, um, it was talking about how, um, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of death, that death is a great teacher and, you know, you know, it teaches you what's most important in life. And so if you ever have like a near death experience, you know, you think about, or you think about, you know, someone told you you only have one week to live, you know, how would you live that week? And, um, you know, when I got told, I, I had cancer. I, my husband and I, you know, did a lot of like going on long walks and talking so we could be away from the kids and, you know, kind of speak frankly. And, and I was, you know, really happy to notice that, like, even though, like I said, I was sure I wasn't going to die. I I told my husband, I was like, you know what, we've really been living our life in a way that like, obviously I want more time with all of you, but also we like live our life to the fullest. You know, I feel like we plant, we take those vacations. We, I, um, have a couple, several actually friends that had a parent pass away at a very early age. And so that just taught me like the value of, um, you know, just seizing the moment and not waiting and not putting it off. Um, sadly, my parents were smokers, um, most of their lives they they've quit now, but my mom got lung cancer. And so she just really can't do, you know, go on a trip or, or anything now. And so even before that happened though, like I've always just tried to be sure to, you know, not wait, you know, don't, don't wait to take the trip or whatever. I mean, that's my, that's our thing. We love to travel and stuff like that. But, um, so as like, I'm coming out of this, we're like, what else you know like yes we're happy with what we've done so far but what else like let's make some real like concrete plans so we decided that soon we're going to have a we've been talking about it a little bit but we're going to do like a little couples retreat like just the two of us and go somewhere and we're big fans of like uh whiteboards and sticky notes and all that kind of stuff and we're like we're going to map out like some more things that we want to do because you know we uh started like Um, part of my story is that, um, I got married at an early age and then got divorced and that was not a good relationship. And, um, so when I met my husband now, like, um, he was a drummer in a rock band and on tour and he was a friend of my younger brother. So he's six years younger than me. And I was a single mom teaching in a public school in the inner city with two little kids. I mean, it was like the most unlikely thing ever. And when we went on our first date, I was told my mom and she was like, you've got to be kidding me. Those were exact words. And now there's like no one that loves my husband more than my mom. She's like his biggest fan, but so it all worked out in the end. But, um, So we started, you know, very, very meager circumstances. We rented a house when we first got together and we were pretty much like, okay, can I afford to get a diet Coke on the way to work this week? Like, I mean, it was for real. So, um, you know, we've set big, big goals for ourselves and, you know, we've hit them all so far. So I'm like, okay, now that, you know just we've had this refresher that life is precious and and what else are we going to do so we've got some things in the works that I'm I'm feeling excited about so
0: oh i'm excited for you i can definitely relate to like traveling and kind of living your life to the fullest and and not necessarily waiting for something like a cancer diagnosis to change the way you live you know yes. and my my grandpa died when i was 16 And so, I mean, my parents, you know, it's not like they were super young or that he was super young, but it was, it was one of those really big turning points in, in my family's life. And we had only ever been on vacation to visit family or friends. We had never gone on a, I'd never been on an airplane. We had never been anywhere other than just like the Midwest surrounding area within driving range. And, um, the Christmas after, I, I will never forget it. I came home from basketball practice one night. and My mom was like, we're going on vacation for Christmas. And I was like, can you do what? that? Yeah. Is that allowed? Do you that Christmas? <laughs> Not with your whole family? Because I didn't know any different than that. And she was right. like, well, you know what? This is the first Christmas without grandpa. And she's like, it's time that we start living and, and doing things. And so we spent six days in Vegas
1: oh wow that's so funny (laughs) that's where you take your teenage dog hey yeah (laughs) but it
0: was it was one of those I thought you were gonna say Disney maybe not Vegas (laughs) well my mom hates big crowds which Vegas is crowded but she also doesn't like rides so we could do shows and we could do other things while we were in Vegas that was kind of the appeal of of that but um Yeah. So I can totally relate to that. And ever since um, I too was married young and it didn't work out, I did not have kids, but when I met my husband, then it was very solidifying of like what we wanted out of our lives, what we wanted out of our marriage, how we wanted our, you know, to raise our kids and that kind of thing. And my parents always ask, you know, like, what, what do you want for Christmas or what do you, what do you want, you know? And they're, They want to leave this legacy behind and make sure that they, you know, leave me something in the end. And I I don't want it (laughs) like, no, I don't want any money left over in the end. (laughs) Yeah, I want your money, enjoy your life. Yes, I want to watch you enjoy it, I want you to enjoy it with me. And so, we spent Christmas in Florida last year with my mom and dad because my kids still ask, When are we going back? You know, those are the memories, and that's what I want with them. And, and I just I know people will be like, well, it must be nice to be able to take a vacation or to travel or whatever. But like you said, you, at the beginning of your marriage, it was like, can I
1: afford a diet Coke on the way to work? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you so have it's to sacrifice. You have to plan yes. for that, but it's so worth it. Yeah. And you
0: have to have your priorities straight because when your priorities are spending time with the family and doing that, then you cut back in other areas of your life so that yes. you, you have the time and the resources to do the things that are important. And I I preach to my clients that the number one thing that they can do for themselves is to kind of identify their core feelings, how they want to feel each day as they lay their head on the pillow. What do you want to feel? And, you know, just having five feelings, you know, do I want to feel successful? Do I want to feel like I loved and was loved today? Do I want to feel like I was gracious or you know how however you want to feel, like those are your own personal things, but I think that that just really relates, and you live by that. whether you whether you knew you were doing it or not just do <laughs> you talk? I'm like, yes, she's got it figured out. And that's why I was so excited to have you oh, <laughs> on the podcast you. because I think people can learn so much from you and your positivity and your experiences and. Uh, I hope that they come and find you on, on the Instagram.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> primarily Kate. Yep, come hang out with me. And yep, I just really believe your life is what you make it. And that's what I try to teach my kids. And you can sit around and you can say, poor me, and you can feel bad when things happen to you. And and that's okay for a day, you know, like take your, take your pity party, you know, for, for a moment. But you've got to really, you know, like you know, bad things are going to happen to everyone period. You know, that's something I think, I don't think I really realized as a kid, you know, that every adult has something, you know, some sort of pain or suffering in their life because, because you love people if nothing else. And, you know, when, when bad things happen to people that you love, that's always hard. And, and so, but, no matter what, like you just have to, you know, make that choice of I'm going to, you know, choose happiness and, you know, there'll be moments of sadness, but how can I, you know, look at it as a positive. And I mean, truly, you know, my cancer diagnosis, like I was saying, it was painful. It was awful, but it was so humbling to like, see how many people showed up for me. And that was just like something amazing that, you know, it makes you feel like you, you did have an impact and you do matter. And, and that was like, just so affirming and wonderful. So.
0: Oh, I love that. Yes. I couldn't agree with, All of that anymore. (laughs) So, thank you so, so much for being here with us. And once again, you guys can find her on Instagram. I will put all of her details in the show notes. She would be happy for you to come by and introduce yourself in her direct messages. And we hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for my next interview. And we are just going to keep talking about loving and living life to its fullest. That's it for this week's episode of Self-Care with Marissa Rader. Thank you for joining me. And listen, if you enjoyed it and think your BFF or any other woman you know might benefit from it, send them a link. Share this episode or screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag me at marissa.rader. And hey, if you haven't already, come hang out with me on the gram where I share all things building a life you truly love in order to help you be the best version of yourself. Until next week, I will be here cheering you on.